Man, what a day. Glad to have you with us. Chad Adams, your guest host here for Pete Callender. Hope he's having a great time wherever he be. WBT, the best radio station in the entire state of North Carolina. And our good friendly, uh, friend, Bernie, making it all sound okay. So, having said that, a lot to cover today. A great deal to cover today. We've got, you know, what happened last night. I don't know how many of you. I had seen a preview. By the way, my name's Chad Adams, in case I didn't mention that. I don't know if I did or not. But uh, always a pleasure. Last night, you know, many of us had seen a preview of what was going to transpire last night. And, and it and it became very apparent that the message wasn't really about bringing the country together. You know, this was no Ronald Reagan or even a Bill Clinton or an Obama speech. This was a demonize the other team in preparation for the midterms and so that anything they say can be disregarded. That's the way it was going down. And unfortunately, and, and you can't do that. You can't beat up and say, you know what, folks? Everybody who lives on that side of the city, they're all really a, a disaster for the city. They shouldn't be respected. They're a danger to the city. Let's be united. Imagine if they did that. If Mayor Lyles came out and said, you know, everyone south of this point in the city, is, is an, in, they're extremists, they're dangerous, and, you know, they're not American, basically. The, the charlatans, they're not charlatans. But we need to unite as we move forward. None of you would go for that. You, you, you just what you would think that's insane. And so he, he, a preview of that is, is here's how it, we knew because the day before this went down, you know, the, the White House press secretary. Who is arguably one of the worst to ever hold that position. It, it, you know, the other day when she said the people there weren't people walking across the border when there's, you know, 10,000 hours of footage of them doing so, you know, and says they're not and laughs about it. That's the kind of thing we're expecting. But she, we, we knew something was going down when she said something like this. And again, we see majority of Americans who disagree. And so when you are not with where majority of Americans are, then, you know, that is extreme. That is an extreme way of thinking. If you're not with the majority of Americans, you're an extremist. So there's, there's only two ways of being. You're an extreme or you're with them. That's the kind of inherently dangerous mentality that, that we see taking hold. I mean, in the president's speech last night, there were there were several. It, so we knew what it was going to say. We, we knew that it was going to be this declaration of war. Now, think about what that war means. That war means that make America great again is is bad, is is negative. And I want let's take it a step further. Even if you despise Trump, you can't stand him. He's loathsome. Let's strip away the personality for a minute and let's talk about the issues. Let's talk about policy because ultimately, where the rubber meets the road for you, me, and everyone, everyone we know, how we live, thrive, and survive is the degree to which policy affects your day-to-day -day life, whether it be property taxes, whether it be encroachment on your freedoms, limits on what you can do. That's that's what we talk about, and that's what impacts us. That's what affects our quality of life. So when you look at what this administration is doing, you go back, look. let's look at national security. 
You know, people can have ridic- they could have ridiculed Trump all they want, but from a national security standpoint, the Russians were in check. The North Koreans were marginalized. They weren't problematic. We were we were drawing down forces in Afghanistan in a very methodical method. He stood up, the, the former president stood up to NATO and said, you know what, that's great. We in America, we want a strong national alliance. We want that North American treaty held together, but you're going to start paying your fair share. You're going to start paying your dues because we can't carry this anymore. On the southern border, the previous president said, you know what, we need to have strict border policies. If we don't have a border, we don't have a country. And and started erecting a wall and started trying to make sure it was, you could only come here legally or at least limit some kind of limit on the illegality of people crossing that weren't Americans. From a from a standpoint, from an economic standpoint, in spite of COVID and, and, and heading into COVID, things were going very well. The policies of getting government out of the way, of kicking more things back to the states, those are not the moves of an authoritarian, of a fascist. And I want to go to the word fascism for a second. The political left has has thrown this. They they do it in a day to day cavalier way of accusing everyone on the right of being fascist. And there's even a lot of defining folks in Wikipedia and others that would say, hey, fascism is a right-wing authoritarian thing. But you can't have four years of a president that wanted to get rid of power and kick it back to the states and call that fascism. You can't say that Republicans are fascist when they want to kick things back to the states. That, that's the kind of bizarre looking glass mentality we see. So Jonathan Turley called this Christ. So when we were leading into the president's speech, all of those things were to look at policy, make America great again. And the president, Biden, who's and think about this for a second. The entire dossier against Trump had less reality, had less docu- had less any fabric of re- real to it than Biden's daughter's diary, which makes some horrendous allegations about what is now the president of the United States. We know that Hunter Biden's reality, documented reality that was suppressed by the U.S. media, has far more damning issues related to the big guy in the White House. And we know that the political left loves, after two years of lockdowns and masking and being told what to do and holding our kids back, that were largely left-leaning policies. It's hard to swallow the pill of being called a fascist. It's hard to be, if you're a conservative out there, and you're, you, it, it makes you angry. It makes me angry. That's why I couldn't watch the speech last night. But then I watched clips of it today, and it's even worse than I could have imagined. I mean, as Jonathan Turley documented, and you can see with your own eyes, the optics of Biden's speech instantly became a source of internet chatter with the weird red background that made the president look like he was giving a stump speech from Dante's Inferno. However, it was the use of the Marine Guards that were the most glaring element. Under Department of Defense Directive 1344.10, political activities for members of armed forces, members of the armed forces may not engage in political activity. The long list of prohibited acts including includes attending partisan political events as an official representative of the armed forces except as a member of the Joint Armed Forces Color Guard. At the opening of the ceremonies of the National Conventions of the Republican and Democrat Conventions or other political parties recognized by the Federal Elections Committee, authorized by the Secretary of Concern. So the optics of this was really strange. This dark red background, did Biden giving the speech, it was, it was this, this hubris of calling 75 million Americans extremists. 
and, and there's going to, there's going to be a myriad of conspiratorial theories that erupt from this. You know, in fact, and I'm not saying they're all wrong or they're all right, but you know, the one previously expressed on this very station was that, oh, it's trying to be provocative, setting up to arrest Trump, and then when they arrest Trump or indict him, then Americans will react violently and they'll arrest them all, and that'll be the, the, the backdrop upon which you kind of declare a martial law and take everything down. Now, I think that's too extreme. That's me. This is me. You may feel that way, and I respect people who feel a variety of different ways. What I do think is that this is a smoke. This is me. I don't think it's conspiratorial. It's a smokescreen for the disaster that is the Biden policy. Now. Buenos dias. Good day to you all. I'm your host, Chad Adams, carrying you through the rest of this wonderful show, Pete Callender's show, that is. Always an honor. Pete's a good friend, great radio host. No matter where he's done his gig, he's done an outstanding job, and I hope he's having a wonderful day. Again, I'm Chad Adams, uh, usually heard down east uh, in the Wilmington market. I have a hilarious story to impart upon you later in the broadcast about what's happening down there. It's just funny enough to be worthy of statewide recognition involving a hospital, uh, a lunatic ex-senator that's now the head of the county commission, and a $50, $50 million alleged bribe. Unbelievable. Now, you know, as I'm watching the the – the political landscape, and, and that's what we as talk show hosts and, and, and writers and observers, we, we watch things. We, we see things, and we kind of try to figure that it's not from a position of hubris. If anyone who knows Calendar knows, he's a guy who's he's really thinking through things. It's, that's why we, we I feel we have a very a, a good friendship on these issues. I was an elected official for a while. I was uh, vice president of the John Locke Foundation for many years, and had been a, a radio host and on television quite a bit and write, written a number of pieces. So I'm looking at this going, how do you how do you reconcile the direction th- that the left is pushing? The left is truly pushing to be, you know, and, and this is what's weird, but when I say this to you, it's going to sound like, oh, it's just you're playing one side against another. When someone does, uh, when they project something on you, it's often that they suffer from whatever it is. You know, if you're an abusive husband and the husband says, oh, you're abusing me all the time. It's that it's projecting what they actually are onto you. And so when you hear this litany of things that the left projects on the right, they project that that this authoritarianism, the right is not authoritarian. They try to say it's about abortion, making women do something with their bodies. It's pushing it back to the states, isn't making them do anything. The states can decide what they want to do. Some states will be more restrictive than others, but it pushes it back to the 50 states. What do you in Texas, what do you in Oklahoma, what do you in New York, how do you see this issue? It's not a federal issue. Don't like it, change it. It's a great manifestation. What we don't need is this federal mob rule that, that Democrats want to run away from. You know, and, and when, you, when I look at this at the macro level, when I step back and go, what am I really looking at here? I'm looking at the left and right, how they look at responsibility and consequences. The left wants almost zero consequences for behavior, unless it's something that they can ex- extend control over. For instance, if they perceive that it's climate change, but it's really not climate change that they're interested in. It's the power that they can usurp from you in so doing. Make uh, gasoline-powered cars illegal. Then you can control the mode of operation from a government standpoint, and you have a, a heat wave or something, and all of a sudden you tell people you can't charge your electric cars. Imagine if it's 2035 and they had a heat wave. You can't charge your electric car. 
Plus, you're tracking where, where you go. The government knows exactly where you are at every minute. That's the kind of authoritarianism, that big brother mentality that, that Democrats tout. They don't want you to have any consequences from having sex at will. Don't forget birth control or the morning after pill or anything else that you can actually do to prevent these things. But if you do make that decision, that's not something that you should be concerned with. You should be able to do, you know, just not deal with that as, as a consequence. Or if you got a student loan, you, you, you shouldn't have any consequences for getting that student loan. It's not your fault. You, you're just not all that bright. Uh, if you want to vote, there should be no consequences. Uh, there, you know, in trying to, you should have, we on the right would say you need a voter ID. You need it to buy alcohol. You need it to get a credit card, to do banking, to do everything in the society. But the left wants to have this, you know, this, this kind of racist view of low expectations and say only one race is incapable of doing that. That it's suppression. It's really not. That, but that's a projection thing again. But it's it's this unbelievable life without consequence. Even coming across the border, you're not a U.S. citizen. You don't have a reason to be here other than you just want to be here. No consequences. Come on in. Come on in. That's that's a distinction with the difference between a conservative mentality and a, a liberal leftist one. They, they almost they want to say they're tolerant, but they're not tolerant of people who want there to be consequences. Look at the, the rioting nature of crime in some of the big cities right now. The carjackings, the, the lawlessness, the looting. And they don't want consequences. Those aren't they're not criminals. They're oppressed in some way. So don't prosecute them. It's looting. Good day to you all. As we draw upon the end of the summer of 22, hard to believe, 2022, summer coming to an end, Labor Day weekend fast approaching, people hitting the roads, getting the heck out of Dodge, if they can afford to do so. Market's having a good day, of course, after the trouncing that has been the past week. It's it's a bizarre time. It, it's, you know, as, as we look at America, we think we're, we're really not as divided as most people kind of, when you say, oh, you need to use my pronoun. I've decided I identify with a tree, and I want tree pronouns. Leaves. Leave us roots. Anyway, the issue, most Americans, and again, I, I, it, this doesn't take a brain surgeon to figure it out. Most Americans are like, you know, it's a bunch of BS. I'm just not going down that path with you. I'm just not. It's just not that, it's not that important to me. It may be in Greenwich. It may be over in San Francisco. Maybe in, like, I don't know, one city block of Charlotte. But it's not that important in the grand scheme of things. It's so funny. I was uh, recently, I had gone out to Wisconsin and was actually touring with some uh, folks that were from Costa Rica. It's a, a medical related stuff. And and I asked because the the Spanish language, all Latin languages, but particularly Spanish, is very masculine, feminine based. You know, la and el. It's, 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 it's this masculine words. These are feminine words. And it's a, it's a society that the entire basis of the society is the recognition of the difference between masculine and feminine. And, and, and the bizarrest thing was the, the wackadoo perspective that's coming out is there is a small group. And this is the kind of stuff that America exports that you've got to be ashamed of. You know, I was glad when we exported American muscle, we ex export American ingenuity, you know, technology, innovation. We are a country that at the genetic level, we are profound and we are imaginative and we are creative. And that's not an accident. It's because of 200 years of people coming here that wanted to escape being oppressed and people who came here and gave up everything to be more creative, innovative, entrepreneur and, and to change the world. 
And that's why America had its roots from every walk of life, from every kind of culture, background, race. It has these amazing genetic differences than the rest of the world. So when you take when you look at an export like pronouns, and I'm just ashamed of that, that someone is there's actually a small group of people in a variety of Central and South American countries that are trying to inject this non-masculine, non-feminine pronoun poppycock. And it's you can't you have to change the entire not just you have to change every word. You would have to change every word to have gender neutral uh, pronouns in Espanol. It just it is obscene. It is absurd. I'm your guest, Chad Adams, sitting in for Pete Callender. And we're going to go back to the, the Biden stuff because that d- don't fall for, and I do believe this, I do believe that the left's rhetoric is becoming somewhat desperate. I say that uh, because, you know, I'm, I'm, Nancy Pelosi just tweeted last night after this was all said and done, after Biden gave this, you know, very, I, I don't know, very, it was like a Marvel Avenger movie. And he's Hail Hydra or something. This dark red background, military guys in the background, you know, calling calling a bunch of people extremists. When you have that, that's not, you know, uh, Dan Rather said, if the shoe fits, wear it. He tweeted, oh, if the shoe fits, a lot of people offend. If shoe fits, wear it. And I'm like, it's not. If you're flanked by military and you're calling people you disagree with extremists, that's a jackboot thug way of looking at things. That's a way of kind of threatening. It's a subversive threat against anyone who disagrees with them. Nancy Pelosi tweeted, Tonight at POTUS Biden, in his inspiring and optimistic remarks, made crystal clear that our rights, our freedom, and our democracy are on the line. Democracy, about 2,000 years ago, was pretty easily defined as mob rule. That's why the republic is so an important part of that. A republic if you can keep it. But I'm... To me, Pelosi's comment seemed a little more desperate. So my response to her was, you know, when your only hope of retaining power is to try and convince the nation that any conservative is a treasonous threat, this is what you write. That is the truth. You know, even even folks at Issues and Insights, Issue Insights, they, they usually have a fairly calm demeanor. They were livid about the speech last night. And in the end... You know, as always, Biden was a, a lout projecting as Democrats do the sins of his party, flouting the Constitution, the disregard for the rule of law, a naked lust for political power and contempt for our system of government onto the only major party in the country that has too often with minimal success tried to protect liberties and limit freedom, killing government expansion. The right wants to limit government expansion, but nobody's surprised. They write this is an editorial issue insights. Biden has always been a sleazy character who has plagiarized the work of others. That's, By the way, that's well documented. You can look it up. You can see multiple times plagiarized. He bullied anyone not in a position to challenge him. He smeared GOP judicial nominees. He vilified a man whose offense is that he was driving the truck that Biden's first wife drove into the path of killing herself and infant daughter and likely used his office for personal monetary gain, according to his own son. And if you look at his daughter's diary, which, by the way, has a lot more validity to it than the dossier that the Democrats used for years against Trump. The man is a train wreck. And that's from the entire Issue and Insights editorial board as a response to what happened last night. I, I, I just looked, I perused, you know, the, the Real Clear Politics. If you, if you want to look at that, Real Clear Politics gives you a quick snapshot. And, and what I do like they do is they're, they're putting stuff from left and right. And here are some of the headlines. Joe Biden calls GOP a threat to democracy. That's from Real Clear Politics. From USAT, Biden is right about Trump. 
and the MAGA Republicans. The next headline, Reckless Biden demonizes 75 million Americans. The next headline, Robert Reich, former Clinton uh, economic guy, Biden's hard truth, democracy is under grave threat. Then the next one, Joe's basket of deplorables moment will not play well for him. And it's just, you can see that we're heading into, here's the truth, we're heading into election. That's where a lot of the rhetoric's going to get hotter. It's going to get hotter than the left's most optimistic global warming scenarios. They, by the way, they want it to get worse. And, and But it's going to get hotter. This is the official kickoff. The Democrats know that August is when things look really good for them. And they know that as the reality of the Inflation Reduction Act and the reality of the kind of things that they've touted, people start focusing on that and looking at the economy and looking at where they were and where they are. They're in trouble. Right now, the real clear politics average, I was looking at the House numbers. It says that the Democrats have a 0.1% generic ballot advantage, but that's very deceptive. Right now, it's looking like uh, there's about 34 House seats up for you know contentious, 218 for GOP, 183 Dem. Nancy Pelosi's in bad shape right now. That doesn't mean take it for granted. I wouldn't. But it does mean that there are problems for the Democrats. I mean, really, would you like to be them? Would you like for your energy secretary to be Elizabeth Granholm, whose elevator doesn't, oh, I'm sorry, her solar-powered elevator doesn't go to the top floor, when she laughed about gas prices going up? And that's not an exaggeration. It's just not. Or would you rather be the party that has Pete Buttigieg as your transportation secretary, who demonizes the airline industry? You know, the airline industry has plenty of problems, but threatening them with more uh, sanctions makes them want to do less, not more. If you've got threats, you, you want to do less of the activity that he's threatening you with. You want uh, Mallorcas to be your border czar? You know, the absolute disaster. That, and think about if, if we're missing about 60%, 70% of the folks that come across that border, and, you're, and you've, you've you know, kind of had interactions with 2 million, what does that tell you about what's getting through the border? And where are they going? And where are they ending up? Or would you rather have John Kerry as your climate czar? You know, Mr. I go on private jets, but my contribution to trying to solve the problem, you know, I'm not going to be baited into this discussion. I want other people to not use jets. I want other people to not use cars. But me, I just want to use cars. And I believe, I believe, I believe, we're kicking things off again. Chad Adams, your guest host, in for Pete Counter. Hope he's having a great day. It's a pleasure here as we kick, as we finish up the summer. I mean, not uh, you know, geologically speaking, but or climatologically speaking, but certainly from an economic standpoint. School's back in Labor Day, last big kickoff. And then it's going to be pumpkin spice. Man, they had Halloween decorations in Sam's in July. It was obscene, and Christmas stuff's already out places now. Sam, thanks for holding. Uh, Holly, we'll get to you in a second. Sam, what's on your mind? I appreciate you calling the show today. Hey, uh, I think one piece of puzzle you may be missing, but then again, they just might not want you talking about it, <clears throat> is the fact that the biggest thing right now is to divide the American public to prevent anything like January 6th from ever happening again. Marching now, now I- in D.C. for gay rights, black rights, uh 
pretty flower rights, whatever. That's always, always by and then. They don't mind that. But when you come in there and tell the government you're using your constitutional right for redress of grievances, and yes, that's in the Constitution, to go to your government and say, hey, we need to talk. Well, one or two people going up there, a group of people going up there, doesn't bother about that much. When you got a half a million people doing it one time, and they're doing it because they believe that Trump polarized them to that point, a very diverse group, I think that just scared the living daylights out of them people up there. And as for Mr. Coakley, who said, well, Trump didn't do no better. He didn't shrink the government. And I'd like to somebody to show me or explain to me where in the executive powers, the executive branch, it is to be able to shrink government. Congress has the power of the purse, man. That's that's all in the hands of God. I'm a, yeah. I still think Biden's going to be challenged on this student debt thing and should be constitutionally. You can't. Three hundred billion or five hundred billion dollars. The, the 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 president doesn't have the power with the stroke of a pen to just spend money well, willy nilly like did that. Did you <clears throat> did you uh, listen to uh, Rand Paul's little speech about uh, his uh, story about Davy Crockett? Yes, I that's I didn't uh, well, I didn't listen to that, but that's a well known discussion. Uh, Crockett, yeah. you talking about the story about Crockett yeah, the and the voter? The bills, we don't have the right to give people's money yeah. away. That was about a, a, a widow in a fire for a firefighter that died fighting a fire in D.C. and the money they yeah. gave away. He yeah. said, you are, everybody want to hear, I'll be the first one to pledge one week's pay. If everybody here pledges a week's pay, it's more money than that thing bill would ever bring forth. And right. it takes no money out of the public's po- uh, pocket. So who here is willing to pledge a week's of, of their own money? Well, the government's <laughs> pledged like all of your money and all of your kids' money and their kids' kids' money. They just because they feel good about themselves when they do these. Even Neil Cavuto called out some Democrats the other day in an interview. It makes them feel good. It makes them feel altruistic to take your money and spend it somewhere. And that's that's ultimately this is about buying an election with constituencies, giving them money away, giving free. It's not free money. It's our money that must be earned. It must be done through innovation, through sales, through creativity. It's easy to give away other people's money. Always, always, man. I appreciate the call. Thanks for calling, man. Sam, have a great weekend. Holly, welcome to the show. How are you? Hi. I think we're underestimating what's about to happen. Um, I think last night's speech, if you'll notice, when he gave out the um, what a loose definition of what MAGA Republicans were, uh, three of his excuses had to do with recent Supreme Court decisions. So I'm concerned that last night's speech was a primer as to the fact that they are going to indict Donald Trump um, and then attempt to recall his uh, justice appointment. But wouldn't it be easier for them to just expand the court and put the justices just back the court? They would never get Congress to vote for that. Well, I thought what they're even if they indicted him, they can't. Und- I mean, I guess there is in North Carolina. There's a little bit of this revisionist history going on where the courts have tried to say. Well, these certain people were elected uh, uh, in, in illegal districts. Thus, anything they decided and voted on needs to be thrown out. And if we've got to be real careful there, when you start going down that, you're, you're going down a time travel kind of myopic way. You could say, well, everything the founding fathers did isn't reflective of the values today. So we need to undo what they did as well. And I, I, you know, and you'd have to reconstitute the been. country. That, that's where they've been. I mean, even with this Espionage Act that they're, they're trying to tag him with. It's all well, going down to these obscure we, 
things Holly? That used to Holly? tell us. Yes. Holly, if you want to stay in, you can, but we got to run now. Hard, hard break, top of the hour here with Pete Callender Show. We'll be right back, second hour, getting ready to be underway. 